The Navy has launched the test of a new pay-for-performance system. Now, other parts of the government have tried pay-for-performance before, and they've had mixed results. This all, as the Supreme Court tells the Defense Department, it can bar transgender people from the military. All that and more is in Scott Mossioni's DOD personnel notebook for this week, and he joins me now. And Scott, let's start with pay for performance in the Navy. How many people are affected? What types of people are affected? And what's this all about? Yeah, this is starting very small. It's only going to be for surface Navy warfare uh, ratings. It's only seven ratings within that cluster of of people. And uh, what it's, so it's still ten th- tens of thousands of people, though. Sure, but I mean, you know, compared to the whole, uh, you know, thing, this is electrical engineers, things like that. And uh, so the uh, the new pay for performance will work like this: you will get a. Um, Something at the end of your when you're reenlisting, you have the possibility if you have early promotes, you have the possibility of getting a 0.5 multiplier. So basically, they'll take some of the uh, the multiplier that you've had for the time that you've spent in the service. They'll give you a little bit extra, and it can add up to you know eight ten thousand uh, dollars. And and so you'll get half of that in the beginning, and then the rest will be yearly throughout. So it's like a bonus almost for reenlisting if you qualify per your performance right it's an extra bonus on top of your bonus because you're already going to be getting a bonus for being surface warfare to begin with so uh this is just a way of keeping the extremely talented people that they have uh and that they need in the uh the military uh it's a it's another way to give them an incentive also to work well and what are some of the job categories specifically that this covers some are machinists, electrical engineers, uh, electricians within the surface Navy warfare arena. So there are areas where a lot of maintenance is needed, backlogs, things like that. So these are uniform members of the Navy, but just not the people that are necessarily in the combat information center or manning the guns, but people that keep the ships afloat and operating. Right. This is this is purely within the military side of things. Got it. And how about some of those pay performances in the past that might not have worked so well? Is, are we referring to the National Security Personnel System, which was abandoned quite a number of years ago? Right. That's exactly one of the more recent ones that didn't work out too well. And, and what was said to be wrong with that was that it was unfair. The objectives weren't clear to the people who were within that system. And so they said it was kind of like throwing a dart at a board and hoping that you hit it to get your incentive. They also felt like they didn't get a lot of feedback from their superiors as to what they need to be doing. Just to begin with, measuring performance can be very difficult. You know, how what do you measure? You have to put in very stringent criteria so that people know this is what I'm doing to get an incentive because if you don't get that incentive and you feel like you've been doing it, you're going to have some pretty sour people. Also, the National Security Personnel System was for civilians in the military. That's right. And it's never been tried that I'm aware of for uniform people. Right. And that's what makes this pretty exciting is that, uh, you know, the military is starting to change their talent management system uh, to, to get people to stay in more. They're realizing they need to change it. And how will the Navy know whether it works and what are their plans for it if it works with this set of professions that you mentioned. Right. So the metrics that they're going to be working with are the reenlistment rates, which is a little bit looking backward, right? You know, you're not really going to know until people actually reenlist. I talked to GAO and some of the people, the Government Accountability Office, some of the people that worked on the NSPS, 
you know, told me some of the things that need to happen to make a pay-for-performance system work. One of those was to have a third-party review. Now, I talked to the Navy. They said that they will not have a third-party review to make sure things are fair. Uh, so that's one issue that the Navy may want to look into. Another thing is early and active continuous input from employees saying that this is how I feel. This is what I'm I'm getting out of this. What's This is what I'm not getting and or understanding. Focus on transparency is another thing. This needs to be a very transparent process so that people know that they're getting their incentive or not. Like I said, or you're going to be pretty upset if you don't get it at the end of the year. We're speaking with Federal News Network Scott Massioni. It occurs to me that they're going to have to be very specific in each of those job categories as to what the criteria are. Say if you're a machinist and you keep a certain set of pipes and structures in a ship in tip-top shape, you've got to do that. But that's only part of it because that doesn't include the incentive for someone to want to stay and keep doing it or keep moving up in that rank, even though you do do a good job of it, you have to like it to want to re-enlist even for eight or $9,000 over a couple of years. Right. So that's what's sort of a little bit convoluted about this is that it's not purely based on your performance as that in that certain rating, but rather if you get an early promote or not. So it's tied to your whole promotion system. Uh, so if you don't have your fitness test set, you're not going to get this early promote rating, and therefore you're not going to get your bonus. So this this ties into everything that you do within the military and not just that specific job that you're doing. Sure. And fundamentally, though, you have to be someone who is enjoying life in the military, and right. specifically aboard Navy ships doing this type of work, because no money in the world will keep you enlisted if you don't like it in the first place, no matter how good you might be at it. So that makes it incumbent on the naval command structure to do those things that make people want to stay in the job for other reasons other than just the money. Right. And, and you I know, would think. they are looking into different ways to do that as well, keeping people at home more, giving them more of a heads up as to when they might change locations, uh, giving them a heads up as to what sort of things they may be doing in the future. And that all helps the quality of life. And when the ship is sitting in dock somewhere, maybe buying a box of cigars and passing them around. Yeah, sure. Nobody ever, you know, had a lost a war by having an extra cigar while <laughs> in port. And what is going on with the transgender ban that the Supreme Court has narrowly upheld? What's What does that mean? Right. So speaking of convoluted, this is also something that's very shrouded in, in understanding. So you, you kind of read the headline and you're a little bit shocked as to how could this change? Or it was going in a certain momentum toward the transgender rights and staying in the military. So this transgender ban that the court upheld, it's a five to four decision that was very much on the party lines there. It says that while the lower court uh, cases, there are four lower court cases that are going through, while those cases are happening, being litigated, while that's happening, the DOD can go ahead with the transgender ban. Now, DOD has... Now, is this a ban from all service areas, or can they work as civilians in the military? They can work as civilians. This would be being a military service member. So no uniforms for people that are transgender. Correct. And the thing is, is that DOD has the discretion to enforce this ban or not. Now, they haven't said if they're going to enforce this ban. And I think that a lot of the transgender advocates are seeing this not necessarily as a loss, but rather that DOD might not enforce this. And there's plenty of other cases that can go through and and stop this from, from actually happening. Well, it's an interesting history here because at first the military did not want this. And then under the Obama administration, it became policy for the military to accept transgenders. And then when the officers and the brass came around to accepting it, then the Trump administration reversed again. Right. So everybody's out of phase here and out of sync. And I guess maybe it's time for maybe some sort of a detailed study on whether it would cause any problems or not. 
Right. And I mean, this has been studied to death, honestly, under well, that's the, true. The, the RAND Corporation, and they've really found that there's minimal effect and cost. So it's it's one of those things where it's just going to have to kind of work itself out in the courts at this point. I guess if you're a machinist or you're fixing boiler systems and so forth, what the heck difference does it make? What gender right. you are? The or Navy's what you certainly going to want you. <laughs> that's for sure. And in the minute we have left, the House Armed Services Committee has some brand new members Anything we need to know about them? Yeah, well, there's 16 new Democrats and two new Republicans. Uh, The big story here is that there are a lot of women and a lot of veterans coming in. Uh, There are nine women. Many of them are are veterans. There's a former helicopter, Navy helicopter pilot named Mikey Shirell. That's that's a woman, Mikey. And uh, on the Republican side, there's Jack Bergman. The new Tammy Duckworth. She's now a senator. This is the new town. Oh, yes. Yes, exactly. And then Jack Bergman, he's a former lieutenant general and he's on the Republican side. So there's going to be a lot of uh, military minded people on the exact committee they need to be on. Yeah, that reverses a long term trend or maybe begins to reverse in Congress of fewer and fewer veterans in Congress. And now we have a whole crop of new ones and women. Yeah, a new generation. Interesting. Federal News Network, Scott Massioni, thanks so much. Thank you. Be sure to check out his notebook now online at (coughs) federalnewsnetwork.com. Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. Ricola. It's in our nature. Winter season is here, and Discount Tire wants you to stay safe on the road. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online at DiscountTire.com. Discount Tire, let's get you taken care of. 